Good morning. Thank Good morning. you very much for the opportunity. This has been one of the most exciting projects my firm has worked on in a long time. <clears throat> we work for so many transit agencies who are trying to figure out how to downscale, trying to figure out how to do less with less. And it's really exciting to have a chance to work with a transit agent with a transit agency and with a community that really wants transit to have a larger role and is ready to make that happen. So Reimagine Metro is specifically about re-envisioning where buses should go and how often, so the design and scheduling of the network. The key goals include increasing the overall amount of service provided, making transit more reliable and relevant to the community's needs, adapting, of course, to post-COVID tra travel patterns, and creating a network that's useful and attractive for many people's trips. We're planning changes to the network that would come into service in three phases. Phase one, right away, December 2023, as fast as possible, with the operating resources that will be available by the end of this year. And that's the phase that you will need to make a decision about today if it's going to happen in December. Today's the last opportunity to approve it, to keep that schedule. So we'll, most of my presentation will be about phase one and how we got to phase one, because, of course, that's the thing that I need you to really understand in the most detail so you can decide whether to approve it. Then afterward, as John mentioned, after the public hearing, I'll give you what's more of a sneak preview of, of early thinking about what phase two and phase three might look like as the network continues to grow with certain assumptions about resources and staffing that seem reasonable. So where we are now, we've been through a process of analyzing the network. We uh, went through a process of developing a couple of alternatives for phase one and ran them past the community in the community input process. We got back their feedback, and that was the basis then for the final design of phase one that's before you. From here, we bifurcate into two tracks. Phase one, if you choose to approve it today, goes very rapidly into implementation, preparing schedules, training drivers, all of that, to get onto the street by December 23. Phase two and three go on to their own track of further refinement and another round of community input on the design to get to, until we get to the point where those are ready for your approval for implementation. <coughs> so what we're doing today is presenting that feedback, presenting phase one, and then also previewing phases two. So let's review the conversation we had this summer. At the time, what we were looking at was the possibility of adding about 10% in service above the current level at that time. And what we sought was were to come up with simpler and more direct routes, higher frequency, better transfers, and in some areas there were going to be some changes in which streets had bus service, and I'll take you through detail of that. Here's the existing metro network as it is today. Now please remember in every map that we draw, the colors are indicating all-day frequency, how often the bus comes. The dark blue on these maps is the bus every 30 minutes. The light blue on these maps is the bus every 60 minutes. Purple on these maps is a bus every 20 minutes, and red on these maps is a bus every 15 minutes, and you will note there is no purple or red on the map today. Alternative one, which was a lean toward frequency, um, had a series of choices in it that had, a, had less service to certain places in order to build up higher frequencies. So for example, over here in Santa Cruz, service was removed on High Street 
to pay for consistent high frequencies on both 18 and 19, the two main paths to the university. Over here, service was removed through Twin Lakes um, to have a consistent 30-minute pattern here. Several similar choices going through, and I'll, I'll explain those. Um, both opportunities reflected the operating constraints of 145 drivers by December and no new infrastructure except for the temporary closure of Pacific Station and the, um, um, do you know how to go back? There we go. There we go. That's what I wanted. So alternative B, which was a lean toward coverage, looked very similar, but in various specific spots we had different choices that reflected greater emphasis on getting close to people, but at the expense of frequency. So for example, here we have service on High Street, but on the other hand, the 19 corridor, which is Bay Street and the boardwalk to the university, was only every 30 instead of every 15. We have a split in here where you see the service in Live Oak coming apart into hourly branches in order to cover more area, and so on. Um, so, um, Excellent. Okay, good. So both alternatives would provide similar overall coverage to the network. Alternative B provided service near slightly more people. Alternative A, by virtue of being more frequent, was more useful in getting more people to destinations, but, not, but, but there were individual areas that it wasn't going to serve and the people in those areas weren't going to like it. So we had a public conversation about those, quite an extensive one. An online public, on, online public meetings that about 90 people in total attended, stakeholder conversations with about 20 organizations, writer focus groups with about 30 writers from about the, throughout the service area, including one focus group in Spanish, in-person outreach, three events in Watsonville, one in Live Oak. In-person outreach is a thing that we do specifically targeted to demographic groups that tend not to respond to other forms of outreach. So that was like going to the transit center in Watsonville and actually talking to people that you met there, for example, in English and Spanish. Um, an online survey, the online survey these days is always where we get the, the bulk of the feedback, 789 responses online, plus 15 people who did a paper version of the same questionnaire that got coded the same way. And finally, a project website that saw about 1,500 unique visitors over the course of the outreach period this summer. The high-level takeaways. There's very positive response to increased frequency, positive responses to the simplified pattern of service, especially the dramatic simplification of service that's proposed for Watsonville. And I'll, go, I'll get into that in a little more detail. Cons there was lots of concern over the potential loss of service on High Street. There was a lot of desire to see a return of the Watsonville Santa Cruz Express bus, the 91X, which, was not, which we were not proposing in the, in the alternatives. Um, and there were a lot of questions about how major service changes will be communicated. The um, survey results overall reflected diversity of county residents and metro riders. Among those who reported their demographic information, a little over half were regular metro riders. 
45% identified as people of color, including 30% uh, Latino or Latina, 40% um, low income, 40% not owning a car, 28% identifying as students of UCSC or Cabrillo, and 15% identifying a disability that limits mobility. So obviously a demographic slice that is more representative of the ridership than it is of the entire population, but also with a significant number of people from the general population, 48% we're not metro riders, but we're nevertheless interested enough to take the survey. And I think that's very encouraging. We asked, do you agree that metro service, where and how often the bus should come, needs to change? There are very few defenders of the existing system as it is. <laughs> so at the high level, um, so then we asked, um, then we presented the changes at a very high level, just describing the general ideas like is listed here. Um, and that we're proposing to make more to, to a 10% increase in service, that we're proposing higher frequency in areas with higher demand, that we're proposing simpler service with more direct routes, better transfers with shorter waits and no second fare, but that to make this possible, we'd need to change some route numbers and names, and in some areas we might change which streets have bus service. So in response to that kind of high level of description, not explaining exactly who was going to be affected how, there was an overwhelming feeling that generally those principles sounded like a good idea. Obviously, responses will differ once we start looking at maps and see exactly what the effects are. We asked people generally about which improvements were most important to them, and overwhelmingly, 56% said higher frequency wherever possible. 34% uh, then specifically mentioned the Watsonville Santa Cruz Express service, 33% um, suggested weekend service levels matching weekday service levels. 29% suggested more frequent service on 17 to San Jose. 29% more service in the evening. 23% direct service between UCSC and the east side of Santa Cruz and Live Oak. 29% something else. So these were, these were prompts. Uh, we, we prompted people with a whole series of different possible general kinds of improvements. And the responses came back this way. And I'm pleased to say that by the time we get to phase three of the plan, all of these things will be in there. Unfortunately, they aren't all in phase one. It's not all affordable immediately. But um, everything on this list is something that the agency is interested in getting to. So based on that, we took all that feedback back. We had a bunch of intensive meetings. And we you know, stared at, at the maps a lot and um, stared at a lot of twists and turns and came up with these recommendations. So, updated parameters. The good news is hiring has gone faster than we anticipated at the time that we drew the alternatives, and as a result, we can put out a little more service than we expected at that time, which means that some of the painful trade-offs that we were asking the public about in the, this summer, it turns out, will not have to be made. We'll be able to do both things. So we're on track now for about a 25% increase compared to spring 2023, whereas the alternatives that we showed the public were based on only a 10% increase. So again, there's your existing metro service, and there's proposed phase one. Uh, purple means 20, red means 15. Now what I'm going to do is um, talk you through this area by area. So let's start with the west, and we'll move from west to east. So here's your existing system, and what you've got here is um, the 18-19 patterns that you're used to that jointly form the kind of figure-eight pattern connecting um, 
uh, downtown Santa Cruz up to the university through a combination of Mission Western, the 18 path, and, based, and Boardwalk Bay Street, the 19 path. You also have a route called the 15 that sits on top of them only during the school year, providing some further frequency. And you've got the 10 every hour on High Street. In the existing system, everything breaks at the transit center. Nothing flows across it. That's a feature that we can't fix in phase one, but we, we will try to address it later on. Um, going east, you have a very complicated structure of the 71 and 69 patterns that are both ultimately going to Watsonville by various routes, and then the hourly 66 and 68 patterns that are serving the southern part of uh, southeast Santa Cruz, Seabright, the southern part of Live Oak, ending at Capitola Mall. It's quite complicated. Here's what we think we can do. So on the west side, it's all good news. <clears throat> we can now afford the 18 and 19, both at 15-minute frequency, which will be a huge payoff for people traveling to the university and also on the west side generally. We can afford High Street. I'm I, I, sorry, I stand corrected. We do have one route coming, uh, uh, continuing across now. We can afford to have High Street every 30 minutes. And this one route, we have been able to connect through to the east side. So. What you now see is Route 3 on the west side, on covering High Street to the university, continues across downtown and out the east side, uh, going, through, going through Seabright and Live Oak. Now, there are a bunch of little complexities here that I should mention briefly. One of the things that is happening here, unfortunately, this doesn't seem to be. But I don't seem to have a pointer, unfortunately, so I'll have to talk you through this um, without one. As you see the three going east out of downtown on Broadway and turning left on Seabright, what's going on there, as you probably know, is that the Murray Street Bridge is going to be closed for, a, for construction for a while. And as a result, it is not possible to go down to the south end of Seabright. There'll be no way for buses to do that physically while that bridge is closed. That's why you see the three going back up to Soquel and Capitola Drive to 7th. There's no other way to get across the, the water there. Then it comes down, and in response to the public feedback that people preferred to see this route split into two hourly pieces here, that's what we're doing. So we have an hourly piece that goes via Twin Lakes and an hourly piece that goes via Bomber and 7th, on east on Portola. Then there was another question of the public. Right now you have once an hour service going up 38th and once an hour service going up 41st. The public feedback on that led us to suggest that the right thing was actually to send all the service via 38th to Bomber to 41st as the way to best split the difference between those and keep the frequency together. Now, one and two, as you see there, are the routes that are replacing what are now called 69A, 69W, and 71. We think one and two are simpler numbers that will be easier for people to deal with. Um, these two routes are, are both every half hour, and they're designed to leave downtown Santa Cruz offset. That's why you have a red line coming out of downtown Santa Cruz where you see them together, one and two because there's a bus every 15 minutes there, then you see the red line split into two blue lines, which is a bus goes this way, the next bus goes that way, and you have 30-minute service beyond that split point. They both, highway uh, uh, Route 1 goes up, up Soquel Drive past Dominican. Route 2 goes Capitola Road, Capitola Mall, and up 41st. They come back together, and they come back together into a purple line, which means that the worst possible wait is about every 20 minutes there. The reason for that is that if buses come out of Santa Cruz evenly spaced, and then one goes a longer path and one goes a shorter path. They're no longer evenly spaced when they come back together. So there'll be about a 10-minute gap and then about a 20-minute gap. That's just how the scheduling will work. But still, 
that is much more frequency between Cabrillo and Santa Cruz and between Cabrillo and Watsonville than you have now, much more regularly scheduled frequency. So before, after. Now, I should mention here too, by and large, these changes don't have much effect on the San Lorenzo Valley and Scotts Valley, but there is one small exception, which is that in the existing system, service coming down from the north, from Scotts Valley on the 35, every hour, half of them go down Emmeline uh, uh, Street um, past the county social services office, which slows down the trip from Scotts Valley. So in the proposed system, a different route, Route 4, covers that area so that all the 35 services can come the fast way into town. Saves a few minutes on trips in from Scotts Valley and San Lorenzo Valley. So mid-county, Aptos, Capitola. So here's the existing system. It's quite complicated. Um, and here is the proposed streamlining of it. So now again, you have one and two, coming, both coming from Santa Cruz, rejoining at 41st and Soquel and then with a worst case frequency of about 20 coming across past Cabrillo. When we get to Aptos, they split again. Half the service jumps on the freeway at State Park. Another half of the service continues on Soquel through Aptos, jumps on the freeway at Freedom, and then they're both on the freeway into Watsonville. New Route 73 is an hourly service that's replacing just the rural segment of Route 71. Right now you're running 30-minute service through a rural area on Route 71, the rural part of Freedom Boulevard, west of Airport Way in, in Watsonville. The only destination on that segment is Aptos High School. So the recommendation is that that piece be broken off as a feeder route. And so you see it coming from Cabrillo College, going down and heading up Freedom Boulevard. We'll get to Watsonville and I'll show you what it does, does there. But the idea is that allows more of your, of your service to all go into Watsonville from the Highway 1 side, which means better service to both downtown uh, Watsonville and to Watsonville Hospital, both of which are much bigger transit destinations than anything on the rural part of Freedom Boulevard. Aptos High School, remember generally about high schools, they produce a bunch of demand once a day or twice a day at their peak times, but they don't fill buses all day. They don't generate the kind of all-day demand that a hospital does or a big downtown does. So, Finally to Watsonville. 